Welcome to The Big Interview. The Big Interview from the Customer Experience Foundation is our weekly podcast where we talk to the people at the sharp end of CX and contact centers, the movers and the shakers, the innovators, the disruptors, and the people delivering in the real world who share their personal stories of their journey through our industry. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Megan Neal. Megan is co-founder and COO of Limitless, a gig CX platform that empowers people to earn money for providing brilliant customer service for brands they love. Megan has a background in global CX operations and technology and is widely regarded as a thought leader in customer experience digital innovation. Throughout her career, she has held a range of leadership roles in outsourcing and for Unilever. She was founding shareholder in Semaphone, the market-leading PCI compliance platform for contact centers. Her passion for promoting diversity and inclusion led to the creation of the Limitless Good Gig Charter, which ensures gig CX experts are treated fairly. Megan, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Hi there, Keith. Thank you for inviting me. Lovely to be here. Thank you. So talk us through your current role and uh, some of the challenges that you've uh, both got at the moment and uh, over the last 18 months or so. How's everything affected you? Wow. I mean, that's a big, big question, Keith, isn't it? I mean, the last 18 months have been unprecedented for everyone in the world over. Um, so uh, as you suggested in the introduction, I'm the co-founder and COO at Limitless. Uh, I founded Limitless with my business partner, Roger Beadle, back in 2016. Uh, Roger and I have worked together for the last 20 years, so we literally are married by our careers. And um, I must say, it's a fabulous partnership. You know, we, we complement each other enormously. And, and I've learned now through starting a, a startup, a technology startup, that the, the founding team and, and trust between the founding team is so critical, which we have in abundance. Um, and my role, I effectively look after all of our client delivery. So our clients that leverage Gig CX, which is crowdsourcing for customer service. Um, and I'm also responsible for our technology product platform. Um, Great. And, and what are some of the challenges that you've got going on at the moment? It's a fascinating time in CX, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, it feels like everything is changing, but also nothing is changing. Um, our business is growing phenomenally quickly, actually, in the US. Uh, we've recruited a significant number of people in the US. Um, and actually, the biggest challenge is just not being able to be there with them um, and not being able to support them as they start their journey with the Limitless family. So the, um, the business model we have is global. So we can have experts or brand ambassadors anywhere in the world. We're already in over 35 different countries supporting many, many, many languages. Um, but of course, the US is a massive, massive market. And um, as soon as I can travel there, I will be over there. And actually, um, as we get to the next stage of our business, I'll be moving to live there to support the growth, um, which we see is coming thick and fast. Fantastic. So for listeners that are new to GigCX and crowdsourcing, um, please tell us what it's all about. 
I know. It, um, hopefully it's going um, to be more prevalent to everybody in the next few years, probably in the next few months. But effectively, my background is building and running large-scale contact centres, you know, as many of the listeners will be able to relate to. And one of the biggest challenges I felt in my entire career in running up at call centres was access to talent and retention of key talent incredibly difficult to find people who relate to the brand, who love the brand, who then want to stay supporting that brand. And I think we all know the world over people are being paid minimum wage in those roles. Hence, we see significant attrition. And the war on talent is only getting greater. So back in 2015, Roger and I came up with a concept that wouldn't it be amazing if we could just leverage the gig economy to deliver customer service? And we came up with a model whereby we work with large clients like Microsoft, eBay, Unilever, L'Oreal, um, and they invite in their own customers who are super users and passionate brand fans for their products. They join our platform, and through our platform, they are receiving tickets and questions, um, and they are then rewarded through our platform for helping other customers. And the platform that we have built, which is actually a gig CX platform, is um, has addressed all of the quality concerns and security concerns that I'm sure you'll be thinking of now is how on earth can you make sure that's done in a compliant way? So imagine all of the controls you have in a contact center, we've effectively built those into our GigCX platform to make sure, which is why we called the business limitless, um, that this operating model is completely limitless for everyone. So we have experts from all walks of life, whether they're parents at home, students, retired, semi-retired, and actually uh, professionals and specialists in some fields as well. And they are earning on average five to six thousand pounds a year incremental through our platform. Um, so it's not a full-time job. It's definitely bringing the gig economy to the call centers and providing for our clients a completely agile workforce an amazing CSAT because customers get to talk to other customers who love the product and the brands. Fantastic. So that's really, really good. So why, why did this work for people? I think we are um, recognising now that all of our operations need to be more agile. All of our operations need to have more elasticity in them, not just to support things when they go a little bit wrong, but also to support things which are completely unpredictable. And the bricks and mortar model that we've been had, and also even the home working models, they still rely on scheduled resources. So actually the gig model introduces a concept of unscheduled resources, completely unscheduled. And with that, you get incredible benefits, um, which means that you can tap into 10x resource availability instantly because these individuals have the availability to support. So I think when I talk to my clients about why have you chosen to go down the GigCX route, the kind of three main benefits are uh, agility and elasticity of resourcing, access to talent that they would not normally be able to access via a traditional contact center or home working route, and of course, significant cost benefits. Um, you know, we've cut out the middleman. This is significantly cheaper. You can save up to 50% uh, on a cost per case basis. So it's an incredibly attractive proposition. 
and you get to reward your own customers for helping other customers. So there's a real um, uh, sort of good gig, we call it, uh, uh, solution where really you can reinvest back into your own customer base, which drives loyalty and advocacy. And how does this work for clients? If I was a, a client, how would it work for me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we make it super simple. So when we built the business, we wanted to ensure that we could provide a, a full end-to-end -end solution. We are a technology company, but we also provide experts and we provide the full managed service. So to be honest, the clients engage with us in the same way they would engage with any um, BPO vendor or outsourcer. And of course, that's our background. And our clients, we work with them to identify the types of tickets that they would like these experts to handle. We work with them to identify which customers they would like to invite to become the experts on our platform. And then we manage the relationship from them. We integrate our platform with our clients' CRMs, so whether it's Salesforce, Zendesk, we have a strategic partnership and investment from Genesis, the world's leading contact center technology provider. Um, and effectively, we ensure that the quality that these experts provide meets all of your standard quality targets. And we, you know, we go through all of the same processes like calibration and quality management um, uh, um, aspects as well. So it's super simple. We just invite the experts in, make sure they've got the skills, they have to qualify, they log onto our app, they answer the questions. It's all peer reviewed, so nothing gets done without uh, a number of eyes on it. Quality control is fantastic. And then people are rewarded through the platform for the work that they do fairly. And, and a big, big thing, you mentioned it in the introduction for me, is making sure that uh, gig workers on our platform are rewarded fairly, whatever market they're in. So if they're in the US or the UK or Eastern Europe or India, they're all earning more than they can earn in a contact center for doing this type of work. Brilliant. That sounds uh, really, really innovative. Um, if I was the, uh, the, the call centre manager, um, one thing that uh, would, would worry me, having, having SLAs and KPIs through me like a stick of rock, how, 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 how would that work if it's, if it's all unscheduled resource? Um, I, know. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess that's the point of the model, is it, that you turn it on its head and the whole point is I don't worry about my SLAs. It's... I, I love it because being a, I'm a mathematician, so I find this stuff absolutely fascinating. Um, it's all about the gig models. So rather than having the assurity of bums on seats and planning in your shrinkage and planning in your um, schedule adherence, this is about building in the elasticity into the crowd. And of course, they're not scheduled, but a certain amount of predictability does come very quickly because we are all humans who like routine and, and um, we can see patterns in the data. So we manage the SLAs. We sign up to SLAs with our clients. So much as you would do with a BPA, BPO vendor, you would say, I want um, you know, 80, 20, less than 5% abandon rate. We would do absolutely the same. And we often, well, we always exceed our KPIs because it's so much easier. Um, just think about Uber, Volt, you know, in a, in a large city, you know pretty pretty surely when there's not a fuel crisis going on that you're going to have an Uber within five minutes. And that's because they've done the modeling. They know the demand yes. and they know the supply. And it's exactly the same in our environment. Fantastic. Would it work for every client? 
It's it will work for every client um, in time. Um, the only thing meaning it's not ready right now is just market adoption. So we are seeing certain sectors really taking this on quickly. The technology sector, uh, consumer software device, um, high growth sectors like digital uh, subscriptions, streaming media, um, and retail and e-commerce. These are the sectors that we are seeing they have peaky volumes that sometimes is unpredictable. They have um, passionate consumers who want to support their brand. And they also have, um, um, they want to make an investment in customer experience, but they don't have an unlimited pot of money. So they're looking for creative ways to do this. We do see now traction in the B2B space. So we're seeing now the ability to tap into professional skill sets using the gig economy, which is incredibly uh, interesting for us. Um, sectors like finance, sectors like healthcare, I think will be slower to adopt just because of the, um, the, you know, the pace at which they move. But yes. yes, we call the business limitless. So that's what we're going for. Yeah, fabulous. Okay, so um, talk us to how you started in customer service and, and call centres. You've, uh, like some of us, been in the industry a long time. How did you get started? Where did this journey begin? Yeah, yeah. So I left, I left university um, and went actually into retail, and and I think that's where my love of customer service started. I just love helping people. I don't think anyone stays in this industry unless you just really get a kick out of helping people because you'd go mad otherwise. Um, so I spent a few years in retail, travelled, working abroad, and then realised that actually I would quite like my weekends, um, and joined a small outsourced startup in London called Careline Services, uh, joined the management team, didn't know anything about contact centres at the time, in fact it was an emerging, you know, kind of sector in 1997, and we, as a management team, built a business up for 10 people, so in the beginning... I did everything. I was an agent, team manager, QA, training, sales, IT, you know, you do everything. And we grew that to about two and a half thousand agents. And we bought a couple of businesses. Um, and then ultimately we expanded into Europe. And then we sold that business to an Indian BPO business called Hinduja Global Solutions. At the time of that, that's when we span out um, Semaphone. Semaphone was a product that we'd built in our call center to support the emerging PCI requirements at the time. And we decided to split the businesses into the people business, sell to HGS, and the technology business became its own business um, and, and became venture capital back, and actually has done incredibly well. So my, my passion in this industry is actually the variety. I love helping clients in different sectors. I love the variety of working with people from all walks of life in the contact centers all the way up through the ranks and i love the fact that we can absolutely make a difference to someone's day by providing amazing customer experience when you know perhaps their day is not going that great some fantastic achievements what would you say you're most proud of in your career i am probably I mean, I'm, I never look back too far. I'm always looking forward. But I think the thing I'm really proud of right now is that we've created a brand new category within the customer experience sector uh, called GigCX. And that's now being recognized by analysts. And it's, it's definitely a thing. And a few years ago, it wasn't a thing. We had to make it a thing. So being a pioneer in this space, um, it is, I'm really proud of. 
I think um, other achievements are actually just smaller. I'm just proud of helping people progress and, and do things they didn't think that they could achieve and, and get to sort of senior director levels or move into different career paths. And that's just because we have such an opportunity to touch so many people um, because of the number of, uh, of, of heads that come through contact centre environments. But for now, yes, very focused on growing our business and also challenging an industry that was even though we've had a lot of technology thrown at it over the last 20 years, technology isn't going to solve a lot of our customer experiences challenges. Talent and access to talent and a retention of amazing talent is actually what's going to solve and make the brands that we support really competitive and differentiate their own service propositions. Yes, definitely. And um, either personally or professionally, what would you say is the biggest issue you've had to overcome? throughout your career? Yeah. <clears throat> Gosh, I mean, I've had some interesting conversations with the Works Council in Germany, because um, that's always interesting, trying to do a 2P um, when you don't speak German and convincing people that it'll be okay to come and work for you. Um, but I think more recently, um, uh, you know, becoming a venture-backed business, taking investment from external sources, that is a whole different minefield, right? That is not a language that you can prepare yourself for. That is learning by doing, and that is making sure that you protect yourself, protect your other shareholders and stakeholders. So that's been a massive learning curve for me over the last five years, I have to say. And I'm still sure there's still lots, lots more to learn. Fabulous. And, and thinking back, what, what or who would you say have been the biggest influences on your life and career? Where does this uh, passion and ambition come from? Uh, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But I'm always going to say my parents. But also, um, that's just because I grew up in the service industry, if I'm honest. I grew up, my dad was a, a postmaster and my mum ran the post office. So pretty much I was in a shop from being born. And then and then we, we moved and we ran a bed and breakfast. So I was, you know, serving breakfast before I went to school. So I've, you know, my, it feels like my whole life has been to provide customer service and therefore, uh, but also by parents who are always, always run their own businesses and lifestyle businesses. So that passion for being my own manager and entrepreneur has always been there. I mean, I've also just been incredibly lucky with the people I work with. Um, Charles Cooper Driver, um, who was the founder and um, and uh, co-founder and leader of Careline Services. I mean, I've worked with him for over 20 years and he's our chairman at, at Limitless now and I'm ever grateful for the trust and the experience. And then my co-founder, Roger, you know, we really are a brilliant team together and I couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine working without him by my side. Uh, amazing. I was thinking more broadly about... Um, the world of CX and uh, contact centers. Are there any companies or people out there that you particularly admire? You know, what are they doing that we should know about or that we can be learning from? Who, where do you take your inspiration from? Lots of places, I have to say, and it's probably lots of disparate places that then you, you combine it together to create something really special. But I think, I mean, because we are such an innovative solution, I mean, I think I have to say the businesses that we're engaging with are the ones that recognize that. Therefore, Microsoft, eBay, L'Oreal and Unilever are all, um, you know, really challenging themselves about how they can 
bring customer experience and customer service further up the value chain because they've all recognized that certainly as we now move into a much more digital world, you cannot just have customer service on a content page and be done with it. You know, you have to recognize where in that product journey, where in that customer journey is the appropriate point, either proactively or reactively to be available for support online. And I always just say to my clients, look, you know, if you were, you know, you walked into Marks and Spencers and a customer had a question, you don't send them to the back of the building down three flights of stairs to the customer service department so they can ask their question. You know, the sales associates help them, the sales associates are there to support them. Yet that's what we do in a digital environment and brands still do this. So I'm very passionate about taking it to that level, but also the next level, which is where looking at the integrated product experience. So where you're signing up to a product and integrated within that product, there is um, support and engagement available to you as needed. Now, this is going to increase the proportion of contacts you will get, which is why it's a little bit scary for people. But actually, um, we have already amazing data that shows that this increases your um, customer loyalty, reduces your early life churn, increases your early life basket size. So the metrics of engagement by the right resource at the right time, it's a no-brainer. But just people need to be bold to do that. So, yes, that's a long answer. But in, in terms of individuals, I'm probably going to call out a couple of people in the UK. So now this will mostly be known and seen by the UK. Um, Sholto Me at eBay is doing amazing work, transforming an incredible organization from a CX point of view. Um, and Lisa Sinicola at Microsoft, again, incredibly forward thinking. She runs all of Microsoft's consumer um, uh, customer support, you know, over 10,000 contacts and seats. And they're doing amazing stuff there, I have to say. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Megan. So as you know, we always like to ask our guests to reflect and help those coming up through the industry today. So you can go back to being 25 again. What advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah, I, it's so hard, isn't it? I just, you know, because I, I, I never have any regrets, but I, I think quite possibly um, one of the things that we're trying to do at Limitless is just as a technology business is be a gender equal business, right? And just make sure that we have equality, um, not just in gender, but that is important across all aspects of diversity. Um, and I think to do that, you need to foster the right leadership structure. You need to make sure you respect people's different styles um, so that they do um, have their voices heard. So my advice to myself would just be be a little bit bolder. I guess that comes with age. Um, lean in a bit more. Make sure your voice is heard. Um, but not change how hard you work. You know, I think it's important to, to build, and we were talking earlier, Keith, about you know, building your knowledge in an industry and getting quite deep domain experience. Yeah. You know, no matter what industry you choose, if you choose to do that over a long period of time, then you will exit with incredible skills that um, you will be able to either use to set up your own business or to help others in whatever they want to achieve. Super. And how do you unwind and escape from it all? Uh, tell us a few things about you that we wouldn't know from looking at your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> uh 
well, this is a, this is a bit of a new thing, but I've decided that I want to learn to horse ride again. Um, this I this is very popular with our guests, horse riding. It's a very common thing, it? yes. Oh, wow, I didn't realise. Well, I think it's sort of, yes. you do it as a kid, and then, you know, the opportunities don't really present themselves. Um, I started up again um, about five years ago, but I was just starting Limitless, and I fell off and, and, and broke a couple of ribs. And I just thought I can't afford any time out of the business. So I can't ride again because I'm clearly not good enough. So, yes, now I have a bigger team. So it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, uh, you know, a, a bit sore one day. Then um, I really want to. Um, so my goal is to do a horse riding trek um, to Machu Picchu, um, which is a six-day trek. But I've got to work up to that. That's going to take a few years, I think. Fantastic. Megan, it's been fascinating having you with us today. I hope our listeners have found this as insightful as I have. You can find out lots more about the Customer Experience Foundation at cxfo.org. We thank you for joining us at the Customer Experience Foundation today, and we hope you can join us next time on The Big Interview.